Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, what's happening, Rush Nation? It is Murph here. I'm flying solo. I uh, yeah, Dan dropped me a message uh, earlier on to say he couldn't make uh, tonight, and um, tries a might tried to get somebody on, uh, didn't quite happen so uh instead you've got me don't worry it's not going to be a busted fuss we'll try and do uh, as much as possible um it's a milestone episode this this is episode number 600 of the mm. five yard rush podcast um obviously you've got uh, the different iterations in there dynasty uh, idp uh, dfs um co- you know college in there um fast action friday um a couple of seasons ago so to everybody who's been part of of that to uh, liam to rich to uh stocks of course to dan to um uh, ash and tom um and the guys they've had like jack uh, who have contributed uh episodes uh on there and, and some of the other college guys um to to nate uh to bren to Nick, um, just to, to everybody, to Mark, um, everybody who's been part of the family, and I'm sure I've, I've missed somebody to add, you know, Pitsy, Pitsy and, and Rob, who, who did Fast Action Friday, um, and, and to everybody else who's, who's um, stepped in on episodes, um, 
uh, contributed to the site, everything. Just from the bottom of my heart, thank you. It's been amazing to think 600 episodes. It's a, it's a lot of content. And a lot of thanks to everyone we've had guests over the years. We've had some really amazing people come on and give their time uh mm-hmm. to, to come on and made many uh hundreds of friendships as a result of this podcast so um it's a bit of a celebration it's a bit shame to be uh on my own but that's okay uh, we'll have some friends hopefully later on um who will come in and ask some questions and, and we can celebrate together uh with, with everybody else and if you want to come on the show um later on in about 30 35 minutes time um drop me a message drop me a message on twitter and uh and come ask a question and we'll come hang out for for five minutes ten minutes or so and uh and go through things but there is um just before we get into today's show there is a bit of sad news here that's just sort of breaking and um it's only been confirmed by uh jalen rager uh but it appears that former first round pick in 2020 uh jeff gladney the corner from was at tcu and then was drafted by minnesota and was uh, released and now he's uh, was with the cardinals has, has tragically passed away there's no details it's a uh, very sad 25 years old um so uh, more details might have come out by the time you listen to this but it's obviously really really sad news to see uh, a person so young lose lose their life so um, thoughts go out to his family and uh, and teammates and friends, etc. Um, for those of you in America, it's uh, Memorial Day. So happy Memorial Day to all of you. I uh, hope you're enjoying that and celebrating the wonderful uh, contributions that that uh, military personnel have, have made over the years fighting for, for freedom. And even though it's not Memorial Day here in, in the UK, it's been a very special relationship between the militaries in the UK and the US for many, many decades. And so a massive appreciation to anybody in the armed forces, either in the UK or the US or anywhere in the world. Thank you for fighting to keep uh, our country safe, for keeping us and giving us the right to do things like this podcast, etc. So, um Thanks from the bottom of, of my heart and from, I hope, uh, from everybody else here at Five Yard Rush. Um, to go through uh, some other news, just other th- the fact that last chance to get a spot into the Scottish Bowl via the UK FFC. Um, so buy a ticket through them. It's under, at underscore UK FFC. Make sure you... Uh, Buy a ticket from them by tomorrow. You have a chance to win a U, uh, a Scott Fishball 12 uh, spot. So it's a really good chance to win one. There's a number of us going who are already in the Scott Fishball. So you have a good chance um, of, of getting a spot. So definitely do uh, buy your tickets there. I think there's only a few remaining. And um, last week was proudly announced to be uh, a announced as a speaker in one of the slots there uh dan leaked a long time ago on here so it's not necessarily mm-hmm. news to you diehard listening but it's obviously a true honor and blessed to to be able to do that um and then also as well um just doing some housekeeping uh fantasy football challenge cup ffcc fourth year uh, over 200 spots given away now there's about 40 ish remaining um, most of those will be giveaway spots now so um, but do fill in the forms you never know sometimes people don't show up so 
Uh, if you do want to sign up, make sure you sign up on the website at fiverrush.co.uk. There's an FFCC tab. Their donations have been pouring in this week, uh, which has been amazing to see. It'd be great to get to to two thousand pounds by the end of the week. It would be a really mammoth effort. So appreciate everybody for um, for donating. And if you haven't had a chance to donate, please uh, make sure you do that uh, as soon as possible. Um, that's pretty much it for announcements. Other than you know, amazing to get to to six hundred. So I'm going to get into the show. I'm going to talk about um, touchdown regression. Uh, positive and negative regression uh, explaining what that is um, and trying to get some takeaways and then I'm going to talk about elite consistency so um, those of you that have been with the podcast and followed the fantasy football playbook um, will know a little bit about the elite consistency but both of these are concepts that are in the new 2022 fantasy football playbook Um, I'm writing the last chapter as we speak. Uh, I hope that we can get it out in the next two to three weeks. It's a little delayed. It's just um, been a little difficult to finish. Um, And there's been a few technical issues as well on my side to deliver. But um, it will be out in the next two to three weeks. I'm really excited to share it with everybody. And I'm going to tease a little bit tonight by just going through um, some of the pieces on here. So again, as, as you're listening, just um, if you want to get involved, then please do. Um, all you need to do is just drop me a message um, either here on the live chat or on Twitter, and I will pick it up and we will get you on to talk for five, ten minutes or so. Um, so let's start now with the Let's start with the TD regression. So I'm just going to pull up a chart. Um, and I'm not going to go through all the maths behind it, but I'm going to explain the, the concept of this because I think it's really important. If you're listening to this on the audio, switch over to uh, the visual, or if you just want to listen to me, that's fine. The The book will come out in, uh, in a couple of weeks. So it's not a problem if you want to uh, wait until then. Um, I totally understand. Um, so you should be able to see my screen now. Unfortunately, hang on. Let's try it by window because then I can't see what it looks like. And just again, just about the uh, fantasy football playbook here. Please do. We're not going to do pre-orders this year like we did uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, it's just purely down to the fact it's quite difficult to arrange and get in time, but also just on top of that, it is slightly delayed. That is partly my fault. I will be uh, owning that one as much as possible. Okay, that looks a lot better. Um, So, yeah, going into this. So I want to talk about the concept of touchdown uh, regression. You might have heard it on other podcasts. You might never have heard of it before, and that's absolutely fine. Now, most people deem the word regression as a negative term, um, especially down to the facts of, you know, oh, somebody has regressed year on year. And in terms of sort of practical meaning, that that makes some sense. However, from a mathematical perspective, um, what regression means is uh, moving to or reverting back to the mean or the medium, so effectively average. So from a mathematical perspective, you can have a player positively regress to the mean, i.e. someone who, um, based on uh, what their output was, um, was less than average, 
and actually should therefore regress back to the mean and therefore positively regress, uh, as well as also a player can negatively regress. And that's basically someone who overachieved based on what they did. And if they were to put that same output again, they're likely to regress back to the mean in a negative way. So that's the difference between a positive regression and a negative uh, regression. So you can have positive regression. The amount of people that say to me, you can't have positive regression. From a mathematical perspective, you absolutely can have positive regression. You can positively regress to the mean. And that's what we talk about when it comes to positive and negative um, regression. I'm not going to do quarterbacks here. We're going to focus on running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. So this chart here, um, I basically plugged in all the, the key stats. I've, I've put a red zone waiting in there um, as part of my mathematical calculations. And, and part of that is to understand, you know, red zone opportunities um, being more likely than more value touches and therefore a bigger indicator of probability of um, touchdowns. And so therefore it's unfair to you know, weight people uh, the same if one has more red zone opportunity and therefore more likely to score as a result of where they're um, scoring touchdowns from. So I'm looking at this chart here and I've basically come up with a formula and a calculation to determine um, the amount of touchdowns that players over or underachieved by. So this positive, anything that's a positive number is this player overachieved what they should have done based on their uh, performance last season and this is led heavily by James Connor um, by six and a half touchdowns so he he scored six and a half touchdowns more than he should have done on his production on average um, then you've got Damian Harris at 4.39 Cordero Patterson 3.55 uh, Jonathan Taylor 3.03 um, and then you've got Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, and Kenneth Gainwell. Anyone kind of around the the one mark either side, whether they uh, overachieve by a touchdown or underachieve by a touchdown, I tend to genuinely uh, ignore because it's a touchdown here and there. They're going to happen. Doesn't move the needle on the points enough to really warrant any kind of insight from it. So I want to focus on these. Uh, particular running backs. So what I'm saying from here is that I expect on a similar workload, if they get a similar workload next season, for these players uh, to score less touchdowns. Jim Connor to potentially regress by six and a half touchdowns. Um, you can round that whichever way. So, but that's a potential loss of 36 to 42 points, um, or that's a touchdown every, you know two and a bit games uh, in in the season, almost three games. So it's quite a considerable amount of uh, regression that is being baked into James Connor's number here, if all things are created equal. Now, that's not to say he's automatically going to reduce by that much because, you know, he had more competition um, for touches last year. Chase Edmonds is out of town. There is a chance that James Conner could get potentially more workload, and that might therefore uh, alleviate some of that um, potential re negative regression that he's due uh, and might even it out. But having said that, he was just very, very efficient. And what we tend to find from players who are that efficient is they will regress. We think of the Aaron Rodgers um, season a couple of years ago with such as an efficient touchdown rate, he had absolutely nowhere to go but down. And the same kind of um, exists here for James Connor. So 
if you're going to be drafting James Connor at ADP, just be a little mindful of the fact that you can't take his touchdown numbers last year into consideration. There's every chance you're going to need to think about and bake into um, a potential loss of touchdowns there. Um, but there might be more additional volume. So, for example, if he's going to get a little bit more passing work because Chase Edmonds isn't there, there is ways to offset that potential negative regression. Damien Harris is another one, again, highly efficient, had multiple touchdown games. That's, again, another way uh, to look at that and go, okay, so we do have some regression coming, negative regression coming his way. It's also going to be interesting to see what happens with players in other roles. Given where he's being drafted at the moment, round about the sixth round, don't think it's the um, end or be or that wouldn't put me off drafting him at that price. But if he was going significantly higher, that certainly wouldn't uh, appeal. Uh, Cordero Patterson, uh, three and a half touchdowns. Again, just something to be mindful of. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, three touchdowns again. But I mean, it's not going to stop him from being the 101, but just be mindful there could be some uh, negative regression coming his way as well. In terms of you've got, again, Eckler, Mixon, Gainwell, and then Rashad Penny, I think, is completely different. He's going to be in a very different role next season, uh, given the fact they've drafted Kenneth Walker. So I think, you know, you take this as me. Again, all these sort of players here I'm not overly fussed about. Um, you know, players all the way up to Kamara here um, and not players I'm overly uh, bothered about. There's a chart here. Let me move that out of the way. Um do we look at the other end? So these are players who underperformed in the touchdown column and players that we expect to positively regress if all things uh, remain equal. Number one on this list is Miles Sanders. So Miles Sanders last year had 137 carries for 754 yards. He scored no touchdowns. He scored no touchdowns last year. It's just not going to happen again um, next season. You know, they haven't added a lot of uh, competition. He did have some injuries. I fully expect his workload to go up. Miles Sanders is going to be a very nice steal for players uh, in that sort of sixth round that he's going in, sometimes even later. I've seen him going in the seventh round. Um, and I think he's very, very nicely priced because there's an easy path to him to significantly improve on where he was last season. One, just by staying fit, but two, you know, he's not going to not score a touchdown again this season. If he's getting 150, 200 carries, you can bake in a nice amount of touchdowns there, maybe six, seven touchdowns, maybe even more. So I definitely see Miles Sanders getting more work this season. Um, as he gets used to the offense, I think he's going to hopefully play more games, but he will definitely get more touchdowns this season. Uh, and Dalvin Cook is another one. I know he disappoints players by not being in the fantasy playoffs. At the moment, he's sort of sliding into the the middle of the first round. But, you know, again, we've looked at his numbers and even he's had three seasons where he's had relatively the same amount of carries, which is around this 249, 250 mark. And he's come out significantly lighter on touchdowns this year, um, short by about five or maybe even six touchdowns, depending on. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. 
Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforumc.org. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. The value here, I've gone a little bit conservative here and said five touchdowns. So again, we're talking about another player who can instantly get some quick um, positive regression uh, back to the mean just on the same workload. But then if he's fit as well, we'll get even more. So those that are perhaps a little worried about Dalvin Cook and his touchdown rate, don't be. He should easily regress back to the mean in a positive way in 2022. The same goes for Najee Harris as well. Najee Harris was phenomenal, finished as the RB3 last year. Again, he left nearly five touchdowns out there. So another player who positively regressed. Uh, David Montgomery as well did not get many touchdowns. That Bears offense was pretty terrible. They struggled to get inside the red zone. They will be slightly better this year. It's another player who I fully expect um, to positively regress uh, in the touchdown column. I'm not so worried about these either scat backs or, or players who have changed situations like Michelle Edmonds. They're not going to get the same workload. Devontae Booker, the same. Mike Davis has moved. He's not going to get the same workload. Michael Carter's in a different situation. Saquon and, and uh, McCaffrey all depends how fit they are. Um, but Josh Jacobs, again, Josh Jacobs had a good season. Again, statistically, he, again, has some positive regression. Antonio Gibson, Javante Williams, these are all players as well. Uh, DeAndre Swift, who are all due to get a little bit more. So, again, these numbers are telling you that there are some players here that potentially being undervalued, especially for me, Miles Sanders. Najee Harris, if he's available to the mid to late first round, this is something that should give you that extra bit of confidence. David Montgomery, for me, is, again, undervalued this year. He's well worth taking in the, the early third instead of the late third. These are players that are well worth getting a bit of an opportunity for. But the big one here is definitely Miles Sanders. I think in that sixth, seventh round, he's an absolute steal. I've seen him going in the fifth at times, and I still think that's perfectly fine. I think he is a value add uh, for me, just based on likely to get more workload. There's not, there's not as much competition for him, um, and he's going to positively regress the mean in the touchdown column at the very least. If we move this over to tight ends, I'm just going to stop sharing and just change the board. So if we now look at wide receivers, players that are negatively going to regress to the mean, Jamar Chase. Again, Jamar Chase's touchdown rate was absolutely electric last season, and it's completely unsustainable. It's not to say he's not a good player, but again, if you're drafting Jamar Chase as high up the board as he's going right now, which is that sort of mid-second, just be prepared that you are buying that player at the ceiling. And there is a concern that he's not going to deliver the same amount of touchdowns as he did. He scored quite a significant amount of touchdowns over 40 yards as well, which, again, isn't overly sustainable. So he is a player I would be deeply concerned about drafting in the second round. And I think by the t- if for me, I'm just not going to have a lot of Jamar Chase on my team this year, um, just because of the fact that I am concerned about this 
positive or this negative regression of five or six touchdowns. Everything else has to remain. If everything else remains the same, you could point to the fact that, you know, 128 targets that could potentially go up. Receptions could potentially go up. Um, or even just the fact he catches more passes that could go up. But again, I just don't see these 13 touchdowns coming back his way. He's a player I'm, I'm severely concerned about. Um, on this touchdown rate. I just don't think that those numbers are sustainable. DK Metcalf, again, another player. And and now we've got a worsening quarterback quarterback situation. He's got Drew Locke for the season. He is a player I fully expect to um, negatively regress back to the mean. I can't see a path to him getting 12 touchdowns next year unless he gets traded. An interesting one here is Mike Evans. Now, Mike Evans actually in my model outperforms uh, the regression every single year. And especially in the last couple of years because of the fact that he's got Tom Brady and he is the red zone weapon uh, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm less concerned about Mike Evans purely because you you sometimes get some players that just are going to overperform. And Mike Evans is one of those players. I'm not saying he's going to overperform and get 14 touchdowns again. But I'm less concerned about, say, Mike Evans than I am about Jamar Chase or, or DK Metcalf because of the way that his role is and the type of offense that he's on and the fact that he's consistently beat this model over the last sort of three years or so. So less concerned about Mike Evans there, uh, as we talked about last year, last week's show with, with Bob Long. KJ Osborne I wouldn't worry about because of his role. So the interesting thing here is Mike Edwards. So Mike Edwards is, is out by nearly three. But if I look at the other way, a player who um, is due to positively regress is Keenan Allen by almost the same amount. And it's almost like Mike Williams vultured those touchdowns. That's not necessarily what really happened on the field, but it is interesting that that correlation is the same. So it's not, this model isn't saying that the offense is going to score less. It's just the fact that actually where the touchdowns got allocated potentially are likely to change based off the workload and where they're getting these targets. So Mike Evans, uh, Mike Williams for me is someone who I can see getting some regression. I can see those touchdowns potentially going to Keenan Allen. That's what this model is, is basically telling me. So again, he's not badly priced, so I don't have a big concern, but that is something to to keep an eye on. Um, there's some players here we can ignore. Uh, Alan Lazard, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six games. Elijah Moore is an interesting one, but again, the, we can see here that he's outperformed, but also he did it with a rookie QB. So there is a case that he's not likely to regress because he'll get a better quality of target. Mike Cooper's on a new team. That's hard to kind of say. Um, Gabriel Davis is in a completely different role now. and He's likely to get more work as a result. And the rest of these, I'm not overly worried about when they're sort of at this sort of stretch here. Um, someone like Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, again, these are all sort of in line with what you would expect inside sort of a margin of error. Um, if we go the other way, Cole Beasley, who doesn't have a role anymore, um, LaVisca Chanel, just the type of way that he plays, it's not an oversurprise that he massively underperformed. Um, but Jacoby Myers is the one that really stands out for me. So Jacoby Myers is someone who definitely... I think has a lot of room to change his um, touchdown outlook and I think positively regress to the mean. And I think he's a huge value in drafts. He's going in the double digit rounds. I think he's someone that is extremely interesting and someone who I think is going to regress nicely back to the mean in 2022 and think is a massive value. 
DJ Moore, it's an interesting one because you can talk about this being down to the quality of quarterback. That hasn't really changed. But it's another year with Sam Darnold. You could likely see some positive regression uh, there. Rondell Moore likely to get a bit more of a role, especially with um, uh, D-Hop out. So therefore, that's a potential role for him to, to go up. Zay Jones is an interesting one. He has completely changed. It's hard to see what his new role is, but he could be more defined. Uh, McCall Hardman, we'll wait and see what happens with, with him. Uh, Chase Claypool, I'm a bit concerned about because of what's going on there, but there are some players here. These next three, I think, are easily going to positively regress. Rashad Bateman, uh, Cortland Sutton, and Keenan Allen, I think all three of these are likely to rebound up, and I think all three, as a result, uh, are good values in drafts right now, and, and I'd be quite happy to walk away with a draft with all three of those players. Uh, Chris Godwin's another one. If he starts week one, he's definitely going to positively uh, regress to the mean, especially with no Antonio Brown either. Um, so there is some definite candidates here uh, of players who are likely to rebound back to the mean based on their workload. Um, but just ignore some of these players just aren't overly important, like Cole Beasley and LaVisca Chanel. But there are definitely some real values in draft going on. And that's what this is. This isn't the end or be all of players it's just about it's another way of identifying potentially undervalued assets in drafts and that's what some of these players are for sure going on to two tight ends and really there's just a couple here to really focus on Dawson Knox massively outperformed the number um so five touchdowns he also now has competition from former first round pick OJ Howard he is someone I would be deeply concerned about uh, in drafts going forward. Um, but he is going to get heavily drafted as a result. Um, so he might be a player that's not going to end a lot of my teams. Hunter Henry just went through a ridiculous touchdown streak last season. And I think as uh, they keep investing in the in the wide receiver position, uh, it's likely we're going to see Hunter Henry get a lot less touchdowns in 2022. Uh, Travis Kelsey wouldn't worry about he's going to be the main focal point in this attack. The volume will increase and will offset any touchdown regression going his way. Um, I reckon the same is probably true to Pat Freemuth to an extent, although he could have a rookie QB throwing him the ball and that could change that somewhat. Um, rest of these I'm not overly concerned about, given the type of role they have and, and the number. But if we flip it the other way, there is a screaming value at tight end in this draft, and it is Cole Komet. Now, Cole Komet didn't score a touchdown last year, yet he had uh, 93 targets. <laughs> and again, a lot of it was because Justin Fields just wasn't very good. That's just the bottom line. Um, Cole Komet is a screaming value at tight end. I think he has an easy path to being a tight end one in 2022. And as a result, Again, we're just looking at this. This should naturally rebound up. Justin Fields, another year in the offense. They didn't add anyone significant at the wide receiver position, and they've detracted and taken away uh, Alan Robinson. So as a result, I think Cole Komet, for me, is a huge screaming value. Uh, Kyle Pitts is another one. So I wouldn't say he's a value because he's going in the fourth round, but he's someone that's due a lot of tight, um, positive touchdown regression. He scored one touchdown last year. He's going to score more than that in 2022, despite the downgrade at QB, purely because there isn't anyone else other than Drake London to throw the ball to. He will get touchdowns this year. 
Mike Gesicki is a player who always seems to massively underperform in this column. So he is a player I'm he he's here, but I wouldn't say he's a value purely because he always consistently underperforms. And I think the fact there's more mouths to feed now in Miami, it might be more difficult for him to get the volume he was getting. But the other thing is as well with Mike Kaziki, and the reason he's on this list is because he seems to be taken out when the ball's near the goal line and they tend to throw the ball to like Adam Shaheen, for example. So he's kind of almost not trusted at the goal line. And that's why he's featured heavily in here. So he's a bit of a false positive here. He's a player who looks like he should regress back to the, to the mean, but I don't think he's going to just purely down to the way that he is. He is used. Darren Waller, again, for those uh, Darren Waller truthers out there, he's likely to see a bump back in his touchdown column uh, as well. So that's just a little bit on the touchdown regression. And pl- please feel free to reach out and um, and get in touch and ask some questions uh, should you want to um, around this. But it is going to be in the 2022 playbook, um, and it should be out in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, enjoy it there. Last one is just going through and sharing some elite consistency stats. Um, So the elite consistency is uh, really interesting because what I do here is I look at um, players. I'm going to just scroll this out a little bit because otherwise it's going to be a little bit more difficult uh, to see. So... When we're looking at elite consistency, and what I what I mean by this is, I'm when I'm talking through elite consistency, it's slightly different from Bob Lung's consistency model. It's more around looking at players and their top twenty four um, who finish highly in the season, and looking at how consistent they are and getting consistently elite performance, and so. I do it very differently. Bob does a clutch game, which I think is highly important. And this is why I'm a big fan of his work and it is inspired this kind of work. But what I want to know are players that are going to give me a top five week at the position, a top 24 week at the position uh, and anything below that. Um, And so that's where these kind of numbers come from is I, I build a formula and look at, look at that to see, where they come from. And and I look at this again differently because I want to know who's returning elite performances consistently um, versus players who potentially are not, because I, I want to know who is going to win me weeks at the position versus players who, you know, might just do okay, not cost me a week versus players who are going to let me down uh, more frequently than not. So I, and I say 24 earlier, that was a running back and wide receiver at quarterback and tight end. It's 18. I'm less concerned about, um, about the, you know, uh, the 21st quarterback when we only start 12 in a one QB league, um, for example. So, um, looking at this, you can see here, just some quick takeaways. You see some red under Tom Brady, but he actually won you sort of the most weeks in fantasy football last season. So it's not that big a surprise that he didn't have that many solid weeks versus someone like Stafford, who just didn't put up enough of those elite weeks. He never let you down. And for what you paid for, you're pretty happy with at QB 10. Um, but he is a player who um, potentially isn't winning you a lot of weeks. The same goes for Joe Burrow. And that's a slight concern there because everyone's drafting Joe Burrow an absolute ceiling, but actually... He, like, he's getting drafted above 
Dak Prescott right now is getting drafted by Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, these two put up way more um, elite top five weeks. And that's just a little cause for concern for me and pumping the brakes on Joe Burrow a little bit. That's not to say Joe Burrow can't in his third year progress even further and get there. But that is just mm-hmm. a little knock on why I do this and see potential areas of overpay. And Joe Burrow, for me, right now, screams as a player who's being overdrafted based on delivering those those top weeks. Um, yeah, people who drafted Ryan Tannehill last year would have uh, struggled a little bit. But as you can see here, as we get outside the top 12, there is a significant amount of busk risk um, with each of these players, and that's something to take into consideration. They're busting uh, a significant amount of the time uh, and something to keep an eye on. So, um, you know, with the exception here of Lamar Jackson, uh, but even then, he still busted the third of his games. So it's something to really look at and and try and understand uh, in a big way that actually there's the reason to invest at quarterback and invest early is because they're giving you these game-winning weeks. It's Josh Allen's, the, the Justin Herbert's. So for me, Tom Brady is an absolute screaming value in the seventh, eighth round of drafts right now, uh, given the fact that he can win you a lot of weeks and someone that should be drafted well ahead of Joe Burrow. But that's not going to happen this season. So for me, looking and interpreting this data, I'd be passing on the players like Burrow and, and Stafford and be trying to invest in on the Bradys or even taking the discount on Dak Prescott this year because there's a lot of um, people out on Dak Prescott. Again, these that seven match win, you know, game-winning weeks, MVP weeks, it's the same as, as Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and only behind Tom Brady. You know, don't be afraid for that. Yes, okay, he busts a little bit more, um, but you know we're going for wins here. It's not a ton more. He's not miles off uh, the numbers of Justin Herbert and, and Josh Allen, uh, for example. So, we are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Something definitely to uh, take into consideration. Um, Looking at the uh, running backs here in this group, and again, you're seeing here elite numbers here from Mixon, from um, Taylor, and from Eckler. Even though with Mixon, he did carry a significant busk risk, but he did win you quite a lot of weeks as well. Um, James Conner, we've talked about, but again, he's still busted significantly. With that touchdown regression, he could bust even more next year. So he's a, a player of concern. Leonard Fournette, I'd expect to get more game-winning weeks, given the fact that he's got the rollout right now. Uh, this is why a lot of people are out on Zeke, but he did have a significant amount. In fact, he had the most solid weeks of any other back, and that's why he finishes as high as he does. Um, but you're seeing here, we're starting to see a lot of red on this board. 
um, the further we go down with players who just don't deliver game-winning weeks. And that's the likes of Javonta Williams, people that were taking him on sort of that one-two turn or in the second. Um, you know, he's just not going to deliver you, especially with Melvin Gordon here. These two almost kill each other and their value. So he's a player um, that is overdrafted right now. Dalvin Cook, this doesn't look good, but I think he just had a particularly bad year. I would expect to see more with that touchdown, positive touchdown regression. I expect him to regress back to the game, to the mean and getting more of that. There's someone like Damien Harris. It's really concerning because he only had two game winning weeks and yet he's also due that regression, um, that negative regression. So that's a player who, again, looks to me here as, as a real red flag. Players that are due some negative regression and don't put up many game winning weeks. Um, whereas players are positively due to regress, i.e. Dalvin Cook, um, David Montgomery, you know, it's those touchdowns that are going to turn into more elite weeks uh, when they get them. So, so and Josh Jacobs was another one on that list. And Antonio Gibson. There's some players here that can definitely see some upside uh, on this list and try and move up the board. Wide receiver. Um, it's interesting, the, the story of the tape here. Obviously, you've got Cooper Cup had a phenomenal season. And Debo Samuel as well. Um, but you're starting to see here the amount of times they see. Here we go. Jamar Chase is, is a great example here. He actually busted on 10 of the 17 games. He busted 58.82. So 58.82% of the time he finished outside uh, wide receiver two scoring um, on average, which is just, it's just an alarming rate. And it's the type of player he is. But he doesn't give you enough of this upside uh, and solid side. And given the fact that he's got touchdown regression coming, it's just a massive concern for me. So I'm really concerned of his four MVP weeks, three solid weeks, 10 bust weeks. I am deeply concerned um, with that touchdown regression, negative touchdown regression coming his way. Tyreek Hill, similar sort of player. How's he going to get on in Miami? Again, he's a player I, I think is slightly overdrafted for what you're going to get. Yes, he'll give you some game winning weeks, but and the situation changes, this might change. He might get more of the ball, and therefore he could see less bus weeks. But seeing a 52.94% bus rate is, is just quite high. Um, on the flip side of that, someone like Deontay Johnson, who you're getting in the fifth round last year, okay, he doesn't put up much game-winning weeks for you, but at the same token, he rarely busts, and, and he puts up a lot of solid weeks. You know, that's where he has got that um, side going for him. So it's just about the type of players that you're that you're looking at Keenan Allen again no no elite weeks last season uh, no MVP weeks I think he's going to change that with some regression positive regression coming his way whereas Mike Williams put up three big weeks I think they will drop uh, as well uh, Chris Godwin talked about I think you're going to see more positive weeks from him uh, as well so you've got a, different types of receivers in here but the key ones to really look out for Jamar Chase Tyreek Hill um, Stefan, uh, Stefan Diggs, you know, these are the three here that I think could all be realistically overpriced based on what they're going to deliver you in the composition of, of where they're going to score points and how many weeks they're going to consistently put up top 24 um, or top five weeks versus the amount of times they're not going to do that for you. There's some real concerns in, in those type of players and the same for Mike Williams with a 50% bus rate uh, as well. Tight ends is, is always a really difficult one because it's just not that many uh, stories to tell here. And other than the fact that elite tight ends are elite and everybody else is just kind of average. Um, and you get a, a much of a much as near as you sort of move down the board. Um, but obviously you've got Mark Andrews led the way last season, Travis Kelsey, 
those two put up a lot of game-winning weeks for you at the position. So did Jolton Schultz and, and George Kittle. Uh, and those four lead the way along with Rob Gronkowski. Everyone else is just, again, kind of a much of a muchness um, going forward. So that's a little bit on consistency. Um, I'm pleased to say I've got a friend of mine here now who's going to uh, ask some questions and join for a few minutes. I've kind of kept him waiting. But any questions on the consistency side, please do uh, reach out to me. They're going to be in the playbook, which will be out in a couple of weeks, uh, maybe three weeks or so. Um, but it's a great pleasure of mine to join me on episode 600 of the 5 Year Rush podcast, uh, my good friend, Jack Humphrey. Uh, Jack, how you doing, my man? Good evening, big man. How you doing? Yeah, I'm... Um... I am all good, mate. Yeah, I'm um, excited to be here for the 600th episode of the Five Yard Rush podcast. That's um, some achievement, mate. Mate, it's mental, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I said it's not just it's not just me and stocks. It's a lot of people who have put a lot of podcasts together. So, uh, yeah, truly amazing. Um, I can um, you've been one of our biggest followers. Yeah, I can remember. Yeah, I can actually remember listening to one of your first ever episodes at work on a building site. Um, how my career <laughs> has changed since then as well. But um, yeah, um, I was listening to you guys on the building site. Um, well, it must be about three or four years ago now. So yeah, not long time ago. Yeah, mate, five five years yeah. now. It's taken us to get to to this. So yeah, it's gone it's gone it's gone well. But yeah, it's kind kind of amazing to to be here. And you you know yourself, you've gone through quite a journey with Kickers Matter, and you know you were you were, I mean you you launched that before we launched this, and uh, was out there, and then you've gone through to now being part of fan teams, uh, elite content. <laughs> providers and uh, all the great stuff you're doing what what's some of the stuff you've got going on at the moment with with fan team um i'm just covering every sport going at the minute so it's actually nice to be able to come on here and talk some nfl because i haven't <laughs> talked any nfl since well the super bowl i think the last show i actually done was with nick who does your dfs show obviously yeah um that was one of the last shows i ever done for the super bowl i went you know i i, I was at the super bowl party with you um Oh, I went yeah. all in on Odell Beckham at the at the Super Bowl, and uh, it, it was looking good for a quarter, and then he got injured, and um, yeah, all my DFS lineups went down the drain that night. But yeah, um, we're just we're covering everything, every sport going. Golf, golf's the big one at the minute. I'm covering a lot of golf, so yeah. If you just want to follow me, you can find out all my content. I retweet all my content that's going on, but yeah. Um, today was a different day. I was actually covering the Italy Argentina game on Wednesday which is the first time this competition has been held since 1993, believe it or not, Murph. Um, so uh, backed by popular demand. <laughs> what? So what competition is this? It's a, um, basically the winners of the Euros will play the winners of the South American Cup competition that they play. Oh, wow. Um, but it hasn't been held since 1993. And the last time it was held, it was Argentina versus Denmark. Argentina won 4-3 on penalties. Um Wow. And I'm certain Mr. Batistuta scored the winning penalty that day. Oh, what a play <laughs> yes. he was. Yes. So that's been my day today, enjoying writing about that. But yeah, it's a um, big career change for me, but I'm I'm loving every minute of the minute, at the minute. Well, mate, it's awesome. And, uh, I'm sure you've got lots up your sleeve. You said there's lots of golf. You're picking a lot of winners at the moment. Um, you did well on the, the major, didn't you, uh, recently? You did a, did a good good job on that didn't you cleaned up a little bit yeah i had a uh, rory to lead after day one at 28 to one which was very nice i had a lot of money on mr tiger woods don't advise betting like that that was a silly bet <laughs> comes to think of it but thankfully for me he did make the cut um 
So, yeah, I got my money back and a little bit more there. But, yeah, I cleaned up at the PGA the last time. So, uh, not so good last week. £20 loss, but these things happen with DFS. It's um, trial and error, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, if you're into your golf, follow uh, follow Jack. Or if you're just into, into betting. Or do you know what? If you're not um, and you really want to get into DFS... Um, you, you got the great team because you got Nick and uh, and Mark with you um, covering all the sports there. So if you're interested in just sprinkling a few pounds now that the Premier League is over and the NFL season's a few months away, and you want to try uh, try your hand at golf or a couple of other mm-hmm. sports that you'll be doing over the summer, um, then follow Jack and, and join him. But do you have any uh, NFL questions that you want you're burning <laughs> to ask? Why are you on here? I do, I do actually. Um, it's, this is where the like the exciting stuff's going to come in now. Um, I'm going to start talking about two players, kind of close to our hearts. Well, one's close to my heart, Mr. Saquon Barkley, and um, sadly not with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers anymore. It's Mr. Ronald Jones, who's now gone to the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, um, both come into the league at the same time. Uh, all those years ago, different careers, so to speak, so far, but. I had actually only found this out earlier, but Ronald Jones has actually only scored one less touchdown than Saquon Barkley across his whole NFL career, which I found, I just find that amazing. Um, That's what durability will do for you, mate. Yeah, I, I, I had major issues with Ronald Jones when he came out of college. I, I didn't really like the pick for the Buccaneers and I didn't like it for a fantasy purpose. Um, I think I've kind of been proved right on that. I, I didn't think he was a very good yeah. pass protector. And now he's gone to a team where they've got a run they got a running back there that's not very good at blocking either already in CEH. So um I I find it an interesting combo with those two. I I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on it. Um because CEH is obviously dropping in drafts that I've I have i am not in many drafts at the minute, but from the couple of drafts that I've done, CEH is dropping a little bit. Uh obviously you can yeah. get Ronald Jones towards the back end of drafts. I was kind of just wanted to know your feelings on these two. Would you go for the CEH way, the route there, or would you just go for the latter and just take the punt on Ronald Jones, knowing what he can so, do? So these two players kind of, kind of for me, are why I think it's so important to get um, your running back position shored up early up the board. So I, I think for me, you know, I want to be getting away with two running backs in your in your opening three rounds. I look at, um, I look at the draft price of, of CEH, and he's going sort of around about fourth fifth round depending on format and again there's a lot of different uh things out there depending on different formats dynasty kind of plays a part and he's sort of falling in dynasty so we're waiting for the redraft um element to kind of come out and and show but i'd expect ceh to probably be in that sort of late fourth early fifth at that price i still not interested i would rather wait and get miles sanders because i think miles sanders is going to get more work he's got a more clearly defined role and he's got that positive touchdown regression heading his way so for me i just don't like ceh because i can't see where his ceiling is you know you're talking about a player who had a backfield all to himself and struggled to be a a, a low end running back too um i think it for me to be interested in someone like ceh you'd have to fall into like the 7th 8th round for him to just be even appealing. I think before that, it's a kind of a wasted. He goes into that running back dead zone of just players you just shouldn't be taking. We saw this last year, anyone in that sort of late fourth to early seventh, just all busted. They were desperation picks that people were kind of hoping. And you got, you know, players much later on, 
in that eighth, ninth round who who proved to be real values or off the waiver wire. And that's kind of how you should build your team. That that round, that four through seven is where you should be getting your, run, your wide receivers and your quarterback. So for me on a roster construction, no. Rojo's a player who, if you can get him late enough, he's interesting enough, but he is going to be a sort of bench fodder for you. I think if you're going to get him... <sighs> I've seen him go ninth round in drafts, and that's too high. I think there's better players in that range. If he's available in the 14th round, I would definitely punt it and think, well, what's the worst that can happen? Uh, it doesn't work out. I'll cut him. Um, but as you said, we've seen what Rojo is. Rojo is a guy who, in order for him to be fantasy viable, he has to break off a big run. He needs a 50, 60 yard touchdown and that will pay for what he's going to do. He's not going to get enough steady work. I mean, we look at what he did in Tampa in 2020, that Super Bowl winning season when he pretty much had the role exclusively um, because of the letter from injuries and confidence. He still didn't carry the ball 200 times. He still didn't get a thousand yard rushing mm-hmm. and he didn't, and he only got seven touchdowns. It's it's just not going to, he's not going to get enough production that KC situation is just a bit of a mess um, all across the board. I don't know how many pieces of the KC offense I really want to be buying into at this stage because wide receiver, I think I just want Kelsey and I think move on. <laughs> I don't think I want anyone else. In there. I don't think I want anyone else in KC because, you know, Juju, he's not done anything for a couple of years. Cole Hardman, not really done anything there. I think um, MVS is interesting, isn't he? At the back end, of the he, he is. If you can get him at, yeah. again, he's price dependent for me. I think if you're getting him in double digit rounds, I will buy. But I think outside of that, you know, you're thinking about ninth, tenth round. I think there's better options out there, like Russell Gage, for example, who are players who are or Jacoby Myers. You know, you give me those three players, MVS is going to be at the bottom of those three. Um, for me, I think you can you can flip a coin on Russell Gage or or Jacoby Myers, but I think if you get him late enough, eleventh, twelfth round, yeah, he's definitely interesting because he'll be a field stretcher. I, I think my love of MVS comes from DFS plays. To be honest, he's um, he's, he's, a, he's a fantastic <laughs> DFS DFS option um, from week to week. He can totally burn your team um, like he can in any fantasy format. But okay. if he breaks off for them, I don't know, sixty, seventy yard bombs, touchdowns, and you're laughing in DFS if you have someone like that. Um, but I am, I am with you on Ceh. I, I like I say I've always had issues with him when he first came out. I, I, I didn't think he was very good at pass protecting and blocking and things like that. I, did, I, I've just always had issues with him, and I think the Chiefs are telling us something with mm-hmm. what they do. They bring in running backs every year. They brought in Levy on Bell when he when Ceh was there. You know, Jarrett McKinnon last year. I think they're telling us that they don't fully trust him and. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Um, yeah. You know, Ronald Jones is in that caliber. And I, I, again, with you, Ronald Jones falls to me in a draft. Again, I'm not drafting too much at the minute, but if he does, I will take him certainly towards, especially in double digit rounds. So take a yeah. bite on him. My, my rule of thumb is whenever you've got an ambiguous backfield, take the cheaper back. Yeah. 
um it tends to always pay out you you know you got the situation in denver with javonta williams and, and melvin gordon i won't take javonta williams on any of my teams next season it's just not going to happen i'll draft melvin melvin gordon five six rounds later because they got almost the same role even if melvin gordon gets a little bit less this year than he did last season he's still going to get enough of a role to where it's worthwhile i think you know in situations where it's slightly amb- ambiguous i look at jacksonville give me james connor over travis Etienne. Uh, just because you're going to get a sixth, seventh round discount. You never know how it pans out. If it doesn't work, you know, you, you cut the player, you pick someone up off waivers. Someone's going to get injured in the first two weeks of the season, probably Saquon, and you can get Matt Breeder. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good uh, segue, actually. So Saquon Barkley, um, I, I say I'm not really doing a lot of drafts at me, so I, 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 you you will have that ADP in front of you. Um, where is he sort of going? And is there any value there? I mean, his first two years in the league, he was amazing, right? Like over a 1,000 yards. Um, Russian in both campaigns in 2018 and 2019. But obviously 2020 had that bad injury. I believe, I'm pretty sure that was against you lot, actually, against the Buccaneers. Yeah, he came back. Yeah. He came back in that game yeah. and then he got injured, came back into the game and then got injured again. Yeah, and then that was yeah. that was curtains for his season. Because I was begging, as soon as they put him back in, I was like, oh no, like he's just going to get injured and one of your guys... Especially just, as the game yeah. was over at that point. Yeah. You brought yes. him back in in a game that was pretty much... It was in the first half and the game was pretty much uh, over. So... Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. It was a strange decision. Remember that. And then he he, he didn't look healthy last year. Right. Um, his his ADP is really across the map. He's one of the more interesting. the The earliest I've seen him go is sort of that late second, but that's rare. He's more going mid to late third, or even falling into the fourth round. That's great value. Which really, he, uh, what yeah. Can do. And and that's the part where. You you'd be prepared to take it, but funny enough, his ADP is not that far. It's it's amazing. He's very close to Zeke yeah. on ADP, and it, it it's like you've got the the complete polar opposites there. You've got Zeke who will probably play seventeen eighteen games or seventeen games this season, but he he's not as explosive. But that durability will keep him high up the board. Or you have got Saquon Barkley who you could draft and he could be a league winner for you. Or it could just go completely to pot. And it's like, that depends on your sort of style of play. If you're going to be risk adverse, you're going to take Zeke. If you're going to be, I'm going to go boom or bust, then you've got to take Zeke. That's me. And I think, <laughs> yeah. And I and I totally, I think it depends on who you draft earlier in, in the draft. But I think that's the dilemma that the fantasy players in that back end of the third round are going to have. Do you take Saquon? And, and the other one to throw in the mix there is David John, uh, David Montgomery. So those three backs are kind of almost within about six picks of each other. I, for me, I'm, I'm I, I, I approach DFS the same. I'm, I'm a very aggressive sort of DFS player. Um, people play totally different to me. So I will, if I'm building the 150 lineups, for example, I yeah. I would put ownership on one player like I did in the Super Bowl with Odell Beckham. I put that ownership up to 80%. A lot of DFS yeah. players won't do that. They'll spread the ownership out. I'm just an aggressive player like that. So the pick for me would be Saquon Barkley, just knowing what he can do. And I do think the Giants have done well this year within the draft. They've, they've done what they had to do. I don't think they're going to be a good team still. I, you know, I think they'll probably win four or five games. I don't think they're going to be a good team. But they're doing what they should have done five, six, seven years ago now um, at this point. And that's, that's what they've done in the draft for me. Um, so I, I prefer Saquon with a better O-line. Um, and hopefully he's just a little bit more healthier than what he was last year. 
Yeah. So this is the range that he's he's kind of going in. I've just so I just looked up the it's it's an interesting so going just before him in drafts is James Connor at RB fifteen. Saquon's going RB sixteen. Cam Akers uh, RB seventeen. Dave Montgomery RB eighteen. Zeke RB nineteen. I mean, it's there's quite a different range of players in in that group. And I agree with you. You look at those five, only one of those is going to be a league winner, and that is that's Saquon Barkley. Um, so it's it's definitely the type of player you are. If you're going to go shoot for the moon, then it, it's definitely going to be Saquon Barkley. If you are risk-averse, you're probably going to go with Zeke Elliott. If you want to play it down the middle and sort of hit doubles, David Montgomery would yeah. be the pick um, because I think he's going to give you He's a solid a RB2, enough... isn't he? David exactly. Well, I think he's a low-end RB1, yeah, yeah. potential RB... Yeah, he's a low-end RB1 for me. I think he's someone who could sneak into RB1 uh, conversation and, and go from there. I don't, um, I just think back to Barkley as well. Like, If you look at the competition behind him, like Brader, it, it, you know, it speaks for itself. I, I actually, we saw Tony Pollard, what Tony Pollard could do within the offense last year, and then they're not afraid to use him in the offense either. So... I do. It limits Zeke so much. I, I'm for very much on in in that book with running backs that I, I believe you sell them when their ceilings are yeah. the highest. And I, I done it in a league two years ago. I sold Christian McCaffrey after he had that amazing season. Everyone was like to me, "What are you doing? You're mad." I was like, "I don't hold on to running backs." Um, I've done it with Todd yeah. Gurley in the past. Todd yeah. Gurley's the perfect example of why you don't hold on to running backs in fantasy. You no. sell in dynasty leagues. You sell them. For me, when they're at the highest point, it is hard to judge that. They, of course, they can come back for the next year and have a, another great year, you know. But it's, you've got to judge it right. Um, and like I say, I, I've luckily for me, I've done it right in the last two times I've yeah. done it. So, and I, and I think exactly right. I think if you're going to play dynasty, yeah, these backs you should be out on all of them. Really, you yeah. shouldn't have any of them on your roster. The only one I think you could justify keeping it or two. I think, I think if you've got Montgomery or Akers on your, on your roster, I can kind of get it um, because you probably with injuries wouldn't have got anything for them. But Zeke, Zeke's a player you should have got rid of uh, 12 to 18 months ago. Having said that, and, and everyone makes this case for Pollard, like Pollard's more explosive. The one thing Pollard's not getting is work in the red zone. You know, that's all almost exclusively Zeke's. And that's why he's going to finish as a low end RB one this year, because He's going to play 17 games. He's going to be there because he does. The only time he's missed games, he missed a couple of games of a strain. He missed six games for being banned by the NFL. That's it. That's the only time he's missed games. He's, he is as durable as it comes for, mind you, everyone said the same about Derek Henry until last year, so maybe he's due an injury. I don't know. But if he plays, he's going to be likely to play through the pain barrier as we've seen. You play through the pain barrier last year. I don't think he's going to get that marginalized. I think Tony Pollard's just going to get the work in between the twenties and he'll get receiving work and he'd be a nice little back to own in the 10th, 11th round in in the hopes that if it goes goes down or uh, he'll have the odd game, it'd be great. But Pollard scored two touchdowns last year. You know, he's just not going to get in the end zone. No, you're right. And you can have a, you can have a back score a thousand yards, but with no two touchdowns, it's very Mm. limited for what he's going to do in in a week to week scoring format. But in a DFS play, he's probably, more attractive. Yeah, these teams will always trust the veteran back there. Obviously, on the goal line, that's just what they do. You know, we've seen it. We've seen it before when these younger backs come in and they fumble on the goal line. Rojo's a prime example. Yeah. He's you know lost yeah. Arians trust. You know, doing things like that. So, um, yeah, no, just interesting. I went to. I'd say I'm not really in a lot of drafts at the minute. I went to get 
thoughts on a few of the running backs around there. Um, I've just realised that I'm in your eliminator and I've not drafted the defence and there's none left, so brilliant. <laughs> I don't think I'm drafting one in that either, mate. So, uh, yeah, the, the eliminator scoring is a bit, a bit mental. Um, yeah, I, Dan, 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 who hosts this with me, he, he's in an eliminator right now and he took his first six picks with two QBs, four defences. <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely positionless draft yeah. and uh it's it's quite hilarious. I I've cooked a few of those. I've got one where I drafted seven QBs. <laughs> uh, is that, is, I take it so that's a, an eliminator which is superflex, yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're superflex but you can only start two. Um so yeah, I took seven because I thought I've just got five ropey QBs. So as long as one of them puts up a good performance every week it'll end up in the superflex. That was my kind of thinking because it's just like Wide receivers don't score that much. Uh, you know, tight ends score a bit, but not loads. I was like, meh, all the defences are gone. It's either kickers or back or or so I've I've got a roster where I've got like Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, um uh Jared yeah, Jared Goff. Um I've got I've got all the ropies. Yeah, Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, Jared Goff, all three of them are on there. Uh Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a good pick though. You never know. He, he, yeah, that's what I mean. He may well well. start at some point this year. Uh, I was just like, I just take, I just take all the ropey QBs. I've got one where I've taken a load of QBs. I've got one where I've got seven tight ends. Yeah. Um, I've got one where I've got. <laughs> you, I just took all the tight ends. You, I was like, you approach superflex drafts. Uh, superflex drafts the same as me. I, I'm the same. Like I, I remember doing a dynasty startup about two years ago for superflex, and I. I took five QBs in the first five rounds. <laughs> Everyone was like, what are you doing? I was like, you're going to have to trade with me now, aren't you? Like, I, I did it to be a bit of a, a bit of a dick, really. But it's just, um, oh. <laughs> it worked out. I ended up trading Derek Carr for Stefan Diggs. So there you go. It worked Beautiful. out lovely. Yeah. So. Well, I, I'm in the draft right now. And funny enough, I'm just about to be on the clock. It's, um, it's a 16-team, uh, just PPR league, that's drafting now because everyone wants his draft. And um, so I literally got to, weirdly, I got Ryan Tannehill at QB 27, which I thought was weird. Like the QBs that were taken before him, Daniel Jones, uh, Matt Rice, uh, Zach, uh, Davis Mills, Zach Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson, to uh, Mac Jones. Mac Jones went before so many points. Mac Jones went before Tua. <laughs> it's a weird draft, but I I had the guy behind me who hadn't taken a a quarterback, and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely taking Ryan Tannehill there as my third QB. So I'm the only one. Well, there's probably me and Dan are the only players. Well, you can ask, and there's one more who's got Daniel Jones as his third. There's probably three of us that have three starting QBs, and everyone else has like two or one in the Superflex league. Is um Matt Cullen in that league? Is that why Zach Wilson no, was that not. early? <laughs> was it the 101 pick? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that early. It was like Zach Wilson went like QB 21 or oh, something. Right. He went where he was supposed to go. It's just, yeah, some people, it's, it's a funny draft. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually on the clock in that league. I should probably pick. Um, but yeah, tell everyone where they can find, because you've got a newsletter as well out, so where people can get picked straight to their, their inbox. Yeah, just find me on Twitter at Jack Comfrey KM. Um, my link for my newsletter is on my page there. It's free to sign up and play. Um, you find all my articles at the minute on Fan Team blog. Just head over there, fanteam.com forward slash blog. And uh, yeah, you'll find every sport going at the minute. I'm covering everything. Uh, 
even Eurovision the other week, Murph. Yeah, I saw that. Amazing. <laughs> did you catch? Please tell me you catch. I, did, I, I didn't play it. Um, <laughs> oh, what? I, 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 I had to get the little ones to bed, so I went back downstairs. I thought, oh, I'll put it on, see what the fuss is about. And it was Ukraine's performance, actually. And I was like, oh, God, this is like, as bad as I remember. Because like, I remember watching it as a kid. I was like, this is just as bad as I remember. <laughs> so I straight off, turned it straight off. I was like, I'm not watching that. And then I had uh, Mark, who does the DFS show, golf show with me and your DFS show. Um, he was messaging me because Mark loves it. So, uh, yeah, he got some messages back off me that night <laughs> saying, leave me alone for <laughs> I, I listen, I quite like your vision. I just think it, there's nothing else like it. When something's like just that out there, um, I think it's well worth it. But yeah, no, it's awesome. And you're doing amazing work, mate. And uh, you're going to be, are you going to be around for the UK FFC in July? Yeah, um, I've actually spoke to Dan tonight. So I, I will be showing up. Um, I wasn't going to because I am going away the next week. And it, it's quite oh. a busy period, July for me as a whole at the minute. But um, yeah, I am going to show up for the day. Have a few beers, so it'd be great to meet everyone. Murph, can I just um, ask you something? Can I give away some sure. spots to the Steve Rains Bowl? Of course you can. Right, so yeah. I want to give five spots away to the Steve Rains Bowl. For people that don't know what that is, it's an 80-man best ball league. I set it up in honour of my late friend Steve, who we sadly lost a couple of years ago now mm. to liver cancer. Um, the whole idea around the league is just to raise awareness for cancer research you don't have to donate it's not we're not forcing you to donate but we just want to raise awareness for cancer research so all i want your listeners to do is just head over like subscribe the youtube page leave a comment um a nice comment for the guys leave them a five-star review send your screenshots to murph or the five yard rush twitter handle um and those guys will pick out five winners and the closing date will be the 1st of July because that's when the invites are going to go out this year. So what uh, what what YouTube page do you want to like? Uh, your your page. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so anyone yeah. that likes or subscribes yeah. to our page. Yeah. Or just um, leave a review on your podcast handle, five-star review. Very kind, mate. You've heard it here first. So five spots for Steve Ray Mole. Uh, you know, it's it's an amazing tournament. I've made the playoffs the last two years. I'm coming for it this year. Um, you were in the semifinals, I believe, last year, wasn't Semi-final, you? Yeah, I was quarterfinals the year before, um, <laughs> where I only had one QB left, which was Josh <laughs> Allen. Because uh, Dak went down, and then Gardner Minshew went down, and then I think someone else went down two years ago, and then last year, yeah, just lost out narrowly in the semis, and then yeah, so which means I'm in the final this year. So it's just progression every year. It gets better. So yeah, uh, you'd be up against me in the final if you uh, get the spot here and, and you draft as well as, as I do. No, it's a great format. I actually genuinely, it's one of my favourite drafts because I look at my team at the end of it and it's just like, what the Oh, and it's, it's, I love it. We we have this year added one IDP player. I do something a bit yeah. weird with it every year just because... Steve was like that. He loved he loved tight ends. So the first year was heavy tight end scoring. Last year we done snacks. Um, this year it's going to be the first, one of the, the last ever league that I joined with Steve was an IDP league. So I'm going to add one IDP player to the format this year. Love that. So one IDP player. Um, so lots going. On. It's a fantastic tour. Eighty people. There's always great people in it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So uh, five spots to give away. You heard it here first. Thanks very much, chat. It's really generous. So um, yeah, just just you know, subscribe to the channel, leave a review, leave a comment in this episode saying you want a spot, and we'll draw five people um, from from here. And 
and we'll add five people to the Steve Ray Bowl, which is just it's a great tournament. So do join in. Looking forward to that. Jack, thanks so much for coming on and celebrating 600 uh, with me, buddy. I I really appreciate it and appreciate the spots and and all the work you do. And please go follow Jack because if you want to make some pocket money for summer holidays, then he is definitely the man you want to be following uh, for that. Uh, Rashation, that's it. Episode 600. Uh, Thank you to if you've ever listened to just one episode or bought a book or played in the FFCC or or just interacted with us on Twitter. Thanks so much for all you do. And thanks for everything. And here is to the next, I'm not going to say 600 because I don't know if I can do another 600, but here's to the next 100 podcasts or so. We'll just see how we get on from there. But uh, as always, enjoy your Monday nights. And don't forget, as always, keep rushing. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.